This month we've been talking about witness, engagement, and action. And it's evangelism in a, in a certain sense. And um, today I'm going to be talking about the, essentially the power of your testimony. Now, uh, thank you. Your testimony is a powerful thing. It's so important. And as I was doing my study and reading, I came across something really wonderful. So let's start off in the Word, amen? Acts chapter 9, verse 17 to 18. It says this, Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. The line in the text I want you to focus on is, see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, Saul had visual sight again but the significance of the sight, the regaining of sight, is that he saw differently. He didn't just have sight again, but the sight he now had, had a new perspective. I've termed it, he had eyes of a witness. So I was looking at the text and I thought to myself, wow, a witness. A witness. I remember there was a time that um, there was a bit of a situation and I had to go to court. I wasn't the one who got in trouble, but I had to go to court anyway to support. And I realized that when my friend was on the stage, on the platform, they had to give witness, but their response was so emotional. I realized that in the court of law, the court of law has a language. And if you don't speak that language in the court of law, often what you say is not going to be what you really want to say. And I thought to myself, how important is it to be a witness? And, and what are the classifications to be a witness? To be a witness, you have to have seen something. You have to have been there. You have to have heard something. And because of that, you can be a witness. A witness shares a testimony. Acts 26, verse 16 to 17. Now, those who know me well, I change my favorite Bible translation every two months. So we're going to read from the Amplified. Amen? Okay. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus said, right? So uh, let me give you a bit more um, context here. So this is Paul speaking in Acts 26, and he's speaking to King Agrippa, and he's basically giving his testimony. Okay, ex-teacher coming out here. Your homework for those who choose to do it, right, is read Acts chapter 26 to get a bit more into this sermon. Okay, so this is Jesus speaking to Paul, and Paul is reminiscing of the time when he first encountered God. Okay, Jesus said, get up, Saul, and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you for this purpose and, apparent, and, and, and to appoint you to service as a minister and as a witness in brackets, to testify with authority. Not only to do things which you have seen, but also to do things in which I will appear to you. Hmm. 
choosing you for myself and rescuing you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you to. To, listen to this, to open their spiritual eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God and that they may receive forgiveness and release from their sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified, set apart, made holy by faith in me. What's so beautiful about this text is this. Eyes that see are eyes called to be a witness. A witness will give a testimony. What's your testimony? When was the last time you testified to someone? Let me give you a short, a short one of my, a short version of my testimony. When I came to Christ, right? Before I came to Christ, I was horrible. Horrible. You named the sin, I'd done it. And I'd done it pretty well, right? I drank things I shouldn't have drank. I watched things I shouldn't have watched. I was in relationships I really shouldn't have been in. I, I took things that didn't belong to me. I said things that were lies. You name it. And when I tell some of the kids, because as you know, I'm the children's pastor. When I tell some of the kids, like, oh, Pastor Andrew, what? I said, yes, guys, I wasn't born saved. That was Jesus. Amen? So I was horrible. But the interesting thing is, I always had, my reference was other people, and I, I thought to myself, well, I'm not that bad. And if I'm not that bad, I must be kind of good. What was so interesting is that my life was actually built on selfishness. I didn't care about anyone outside of if they were giving me pleasure in some type of way. I, when I was young, you remember um, the song, I'm the king of the castle and you're the... Right? And what's so funny about that song was that was the theme tune of my life. I'm the king of the castle. You serve me. I want this at the time I want this. I want you to talk to me in the way you, I, I need you to talk to me. And if these things aren't given to me, you need to remember you're the dirty rascal. And you'll be treated accordingly. Life for me was all about me. When I met Christ, there was one day, oh, there were so many times, I came from someone's house. I'd done a deed that I shouldn't have done. And when I was coming out, the Lord said to me, I didn't even know the Lord by this time, but the first thing he said to me was, you don't have to live like this anymore. And in that moment, I thought to myself, wow, that's a good point. I, I don't. It started off a search. I was looking for something. I didn't know, but I was looking for God. Eventually, long story short, I found him. And I've realized that he was waiting for me to find him for a very long time. And from that very moment, things started to change. The drugs I was taking, I stopped taking drugs. The people I was speaking to, I stopped speaking to them. Things just started to change. I started changing my taste of music. Everything changed. And all of a sudden, I was having good relationships with family. No longer was I at the center, but Christ was. And that's a short testimony. Now, sometimes I will go to a stranger, I'll go to a family friend or, or, or a family member, and I'll say, let me just, I'll just share them my testimony. Principle number one, which is worth writing down. Someone with an experience will always trump someone who just has an argument. 
I'll say that again. Someone with specifically an experience with God will always trump someone who has an argument against him. You can, for the evangelists amongst you, you can have conversations with a Jehovah Witness, with someone in Islam, with, with a Sikh, you name it, and you can talk about doctrine all day long. You can have that conversation with other Christians. But the reality is, what's your testimony? Not just when you came to Christ, but what is God doing now still? Some people tell me about their testimony that happened in 1993. And I have to check my watch and say, wait, hold on, it's, it's 2021. Has God done nothing since then? Food for thought. There are different types of testimony, right? So I just shared with you my personal testimony as how I came to Christ. But as I alluded to just now, there are other testimonies about, about kind of like what God is doing in my life. So let me just give you a brief, small description. It's a very basic description, but something for you to, to start working with. A testimony is a communicated record of any of God's activities in a person's life. A testimony can be spoken, written, or recorded. Here are some purposes of a testimony, some of the purposes. Purpose A, the, a testimony is, is, is to be shared and heard. Why? Because when I, the one who's given the testimony, testimony I am testifying, I'm giving a report, or I'm giving a witness as to what God has done for me or God's nature itself. Purpose B. The testimony gives hope and encourages and educates the receiver about God. Purpose C. To celebrate God's goodness. Purpose D. When you, sh when you share a testimony or give witness, truthfully, let's just, Focus on this bit. Truthfully, right? The truthfully bit is key. We are so guilty of embellishing our testimony sometimes, right? There was two people there originally, and then the story evolves into there was 105 people there. And it was amazing. Look, just keep it truthful. And there's a reason. I'm going to tell you the principle why. Truthfully, um, when we share our testimony of God, um, truthfully, of how good God is, it makes, listen to this, the atmosphere of the receiver pregnant with divine possibilities. I'll say that again. When I share a testimony with you, the idea is if I share it truthfully, I'm essentially releasing the spirit of God. Why? Because I am telling you, this is what I saw God do. And if I say it truthfully, I will change the atmosphere. Whether I'm on the phone with you, whether I'm speaking to you face to face, the atmosphere will change. And the beautiful thing about the atmosphere is that the atmosphere will become pregnant with divine possibilities. Let me give you a testimony. Since COVID started, the children's ministry leaders have been meeting up daily, praying daily. It's amazing. Like to the point where I thought maybe we should stop now, but it's still going on. So last Saturday, we have a Zoom conversation and we're just sharing testimonies. And there's a lady, she wants her name to be kept private. And she's got two kids in private school and the private school costs a lot of money. 
She looked in her bank account. She thought to herself, I've got, I haven't got enough money. I need food. I need, I need, there's things that I need. God, what am I going to do? She says, so this is given the testimony on the Zoom call. She says, I heard the Holy Spirit just say, it's going to be okay. This was like on a, on a Wednesday. The following day, she said, okay, I believe you, Lord. I don't know how, but it's going to happen. Fine. The following day, she received an email from the private school to say, oh, just to let you know, we are refunding you money concerning your children's um, fees. But she thought it wasn't for her. So Friday came and she looked at her account. Cha-ching. So she tells us on a Zoom call, and remember what I said, she has changed the atmosphere It is pregnant with possibilities. So there's a woman, I will name her, her name's Julie. And Julie said, while she's listening to the testimony, remember this story is last Saturday. Julie's listening to the testimony and says, wait, hold on, I want to check my account. This is live, guys. So Julie goes off whilst the Zoom call's going on. She comes back and she says, guys, I need to share a testimony as well. I said, well, what's going on? She said, listen, guys, I checked my account because I was inspired by what I heard. And to my blessing, money has appeared from nowhere. There was 20 people on that Zoom call. All of a sudden, it went silent. Should I tell you why? Because they logged out of Zoom and everyone checked, <laughs> checked their bank account, right? And I'm not going to lie, I was the first person, praise God. <laughs> now, this is what I'm trying to say now. If, this is the power of testimony. Testimonies are so powerful. Let me give you another principle, Romans 12, 15. I'm not going to say all of it, I'll say the bit that I want to focus on. Rejoice with those who rejoice. If someone's sharing a testimony, don't do what I hear so much, which is, oh, God done it for them. Mm. Again, she gave a testimony last week. How could she have another one? And you hear it all the time. And the funniest thing is, when they say that, they are shutting their ears and their heart from receiving what God wants to do for them as well. Should I tell you why? I've done some research, guys, and I found out the word testimony in the Old Testament is connected to a root word that means do it again. So wait, hold on. So let's put this all together. That means this. When I share a testimony, in God's perspective, he's saying, I can't wait to do it again. So anyone who's willing to receive it. Wow. So now when people share, say testimonies, you might be, if I hear someone in the back say, I want to share a testimony, and I hear from the front, I'm gone. I need to hear. And when you hear it, rejoice for them because it positions you for your testimony. Amen? It's not a competition. It's not a competition. Praise God. Remember, do not complain. Rejoice in when you hear a testimony. Okay, check this one out. This is beautiful. Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not get drunk with wine, for this is wickedness, corruption, stupidity, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
and constantly, keyword constantly, be guided by him. There's so many ways to get testimonies. Sometimes it's just a heart that is ready to receive when you hear one. But sometimes when you're walking filled with the spirit of God, you're a testimony waiting to happen. There was a time, last two weeks ago, I was on my holiday and I had an amazing encounter and God really touched me about him being my father in such a deep way. And as a result, I was so filled. I'm telling you, if I prayed for anyone in that, in that week, whoo, you know we're gonna get answered prayers. On that note, I wanna welcome Paulette to the stage. Is it okay to get a mic? Okay, so while Paula gets a mic and the mic starts working, what, let me just um, tell you who Paula is. Paula is one of the youth leaders in Kensington Temple. She has done amazing work with a group of kids, and she's, she's just an amazing leader. She attends cell. She comes to church faithfully. She's amazing, right? So, Sister Paula, your testimony, would you like to share? Hi, everyone. Hi. So, um, my testimony is this. Um, my little sister, um, her name is Jennifer. She lives in France. She's watching as well. Um, Jennifer was um, really ill. Um, some two weeks ago, she was taken to hospital on Saturday the 6th of March. Um, but Jennifer was really sick for three months. So since December, she had been really, really ill. And um, she ended up getting worse and um, being misdiagnosed a couple of times before ending up in that hospital. So when she went to hospital, she was um, basically, we can say, on her deathbed. Um, it was really bad. It was really, really bad. Um, and the doctor diagnosed her with an infection around her heart. That was the first diagnosis. And the doctor did say that um, she came at the right time because if she had stayed a couple more days at home, she would have died at home. And uh, bear in mind, she, she lives alone and she lives outside of the main city. So how many days away from death was she? The doctor said. They said, they said a couple of days. A couple of days A couple away of from days, death. yes. Okay. So, um, so from there, what the doctor said is that um, obviously, you know, it's really, really bad. So she needed to give someone the power of attorney. Um, and when she shared that with us, it was, it was heartbreaking because then she gave my old, our older sister the power of attorney and she shared the letter that she wrote to the hospital so to, just to make sure that they would do what she wanted us to do. So she asked us to allow them to resuscitate, resuscitate, resuscitate her, resuscitate yeah. her and uh, for them to only try it once and then after that to just allow her to go. And at that point, I think um, my mind went blank. I just, I just started crying. I, I remember being in my car and I just started crying. I called my friend. She couldn't even understand what I was saying. I was just crying, 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 crying because I just felt hopeless. I felt helpless. And it, it, was, just, it was just so heartbreaking. And um, I remember with my sisters, we, we didn't even want to talk about it. It was just like, okay, let's, let's try and, and, and encourage each other. But it, there was no way of encouraging each other. I couldn't pray. I couldn't think about what God could do. I, I went into really thinking that, you know what, let's just prepare ourselves for the worst. Um, so the days, so the days went on, and she was just getting worse. So she's been vomiting as well since uh, December. She's been vomiting all the time. She can't keep food down. So it was it was very worrying. So that was on the Saturday when she was admitted. 
as the days went on, she kept being diagnosed with even more. So she had pneumonia, then she had um, throat infection, then urine infection, tachycardia. So he kept, he kept piling up, and I was like, you know what, I can't, I really can't do this. I just wanted to crawl up in a corner of a room and just stay there until I'm told whether or not she's good or whether or not she's gone, God forbid. But um, that's how I was. So I'm... Um, I had a meeting with uh, Pastor Andrew on the Wednesday that followed, and, and uh, the Holy Spirit kept telling me to tell him. And I was thinking, no, this is my battle. I don't, I don't really feel like sharing it. I've, I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm private like that. Um, but then because I kept being prompted, at the end of our meeting, I shared it with him. And he offered to, to meet and pray, uh, which I agreed. So that was Wednesday. On the Thursday, we then met for prayer walk. And, um, you know, Pastor Andrew just prayed for me, ministered, prayed over my sister and make some, made some key declaration over her life, which, you know, there was quite a lot of powerful declarations. I just remember him declare, declaring that her strength will be restored, that she will be able to eat and that she will be able to, um, you know, that, that God will bring around her people who will be able to encourage her. That was on the first day. Then in the evening, I said, you know what, I can't battle this by myself. Um, and I shared with you that I felt like Moses, um, you know, when the, the Israel was fighting, and then he had to be held, his hand had to be held for Israel to win. And I felt like that. I felt like I'm powerless, but I need to be supported. So I shared with a, a couple of praying groups that I'm in, um, I shared what's, what's been happening, and went to sleep. On the Friday morning, I woke up, and I felt light. I, I just woke up, and I remember feeling a weight off my shoulder. And um, I went on about the day, and the day went well, and um, my sister was just sharing just little key things. She just said, oh, I've ate. And I was like, oh, that's really good. And I left it there. On a Saturday morning, we woke up. So from that time, obviously, every morning would have, she would send us updates. But that morning, very early, I think it was 6 a.m., she had shared an update. And then I looked at it, and then she said, um, I've managed to sleep a whole night without oxygen support. And that was, that was great. I was like, wow. So she had been on oxygen support since. So that was the first night she's ever slept without oxygen support. Then, okay, that was a Saturday. We rejoiced. Saturday evening, she, she shares with us that, oh, one of the nurses came to her, her room to, to help her with her hair and just cornrow her hair because her hair was a bit of a mess. And the nurse actually started ministering. I would say ministering to her, talking to her about God. Uh, telling her that, you know, just encouraging her that, you know, God has a plan for her life, that she should not give up, that, you know, God is with her and, and you know, he would turn this into a testimony. That's what the nurse said. And I remember I was thinking, whoa, Saturday morning, Saturday evening, this is great. Came um, Sunday, she, was share, she, she kept sharing that she's eating and she's keeping the food down. That was great. On a Monday, she messaged us, she messaged us and she said, um, they taken her out of ICU, which intensive intensive care unit. They taken her out of there, and I was like, "Wow, okay." And I felt like, "Hold on, this is too back to back." Like, "Okay, God, you know, okay." So um, she came out of ICU, and um, from there, from that moment, it's just been mini testimonies every single day. The doctors are, you know, even looking at her and thinking, "Like, whoa, hold on, you were on your deathbed about a week ago, and this is what's happening." Her, her results are getting better. Um, she's, um, you know, she's able to keep food down. She's now decided to uh, do a Bible reading plan. She's decided to reconnect with God. We're still praying for her salvation, but she's really decided to, you know, give God a try and, and really, 
you know, try to work on the, some of the issues that she has with God, just like I think Ben said, you have to forgive God. I think she has to do, what, to do that as well. But um, she's just been really encouraged by, obviously, all the prayers. But the main thing is that, you know, from, from that time of prayer, you know, the Friday, the Saturday, the Monday, the, the Wednesday, she's now told that, um, you know, her results are getting so much better that they are considering releasing her of hospital earlier. She was meant to stay three weeks, and now she's coming out hopefully Amen. next Let's week. Let's for Jesus there. Come on. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Um, let's, I'm going I'm to put the IT team on, on guard right now and, and find out if the audio is ready. Because um, after Jennifer heard, Jennifer Paulette's sister heard that, there was men and women of God um, praying for her. And when she herself experienced the power of God and the healing, remember, she was on her deathbed, right? And when everything turned around in the space of three, four days after that, that, that prayer time, she heard and she gave us this message. On audio. Hi, um, my name is Jennifer. I'm Paulette's little sister. Um, I'm sending this message today to say thank you. Thank you for your prayer and your support because even though we don't know each other, I felt the power of your prayer and the end of God over my life. And he has miraculously healed me. I'm very, very, very grateful to, to you, to the doctors, to Christ. Um, this experience has allowed me to realize that this is the time to reconnect with God. And thanks to you, to my family, I have this strength to, to, to stand firm and accept that faith is what I need now. And may God bless you abundantly. Thank you for everything. Thank you for your prayer. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. So you can, you can be so filled with the Spirit, guys, that you, your words, your actions are, are just setting off testimonies from all over the place. Because why? Because God's in it. God's in your words. God's in your actions. And as a result, because He is in your actions, because He is in your words, you can give testimony because you're bearing witness of that reality. Now, what's so interesting is is this. Testimonies are great. I've, I've given you an example. One of the other benefits of a testimony is, is you can use it to encourage yourself. One of my friends, um, she said something to me very powerful, and I won't forget it. She said to me, Andrew, you should record your testimonies. You should get a book, record your testimonies. And I said, wow, yeah, that's really true. I should. Why? Because there's moments, guys, when guess what? I'm not filled with the Spirit. Right? Ask my family. <laughs> Ask my colleagues. There's times I can forget that reality and it's just old Andrew who's dead. But the reality is, in those moments, you can be reminded of, of the testimonies the, what God's done, what God said, get into the Word, enjoy it, and, and, and personalize it for yourself. I want to bring up um, a volunteer. And this is a, a teaching point that I'm going to give you, which is connected 
So what's kind of happening in the spirit when you're seeking God? This is very important. I'm going to welcome up. Let's give a clap to Takiya. Welcome. Sometimes, guys, right, I was, I was, um, I was watching a play and I realized, wow, these actors are in character. They've got an accent, they're in costumes, like they're not going to go out of character. Whoever they are in the real world, makes, it means nothing to them right now whilst they're acting. They're acting their role. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit said to me, that's how Christians should be. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? And he said, you should be so sold out for God. The word shouldn't just be quoted, but the word should be, uh, 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 should be manifested through you. And I said to myself, wow. So I wonder if there's somewhere in scripture that talks about clothing yourself. And there is. Ephesians 4, 24. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in spirit of your minds and put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Now in the spirit, yeah, Tukia, you can fully get dressed, right? In the spirit, this is when I'm in my word fully, yeah, you can put the crown on as well once you, once you button that up. When I'm in the spirit, when I'm in the word and I keep going, the word is inviting me to experience how God sees me. There's one thing me quoting scripture is good. It's very good. But the end goal of confessing the word is you're actually putting on the, the reality of the words. So that means the promises in the Bible, what Jesus has done, the names of God, these are all realities that God wants to clothe you with. And, a result, and as a result of being clothed by them, you manifest him. Now, this is what God wants us to see. He wants us to say what he's saying concerning ourselves. He wants us to see what he's seeing concerning ourselves. But here's the problem. If you just want to derobe, right? I'm going to show you what happens in the spirit. Let me show you what prayer time looks like in the spirit realm. Okay. So, as I declare scripture, what's happening, what, what, what's happening with Takiyah is I'm, she's actually being a representation of me clothing myself. Listen to this. You ready? Okay. Jesus, uh, Lord, it's been a long time. I, I'm so sorry I haven't spoken to you in weeks. Um, things have just been busy. Um, I've sinned. Oh, Lord, I've sinned. And I hope you forgive me. In fact, your word says that I am forgiven. Your word says that I am a child of God. Your word says that I am, I am loved by you. Your word says that I am accepted. Even though I feel rejected, I am accepted by you. You care for me so much. Your word says that you're not just God to me, you're father to me. I am blessed. I am seated in heavenly places in Christ because of you, because of you showing your love for me from giving your son to me. And I accept that reality, but...
I just feel so down. When will I get what Sam has? When will I be liked as much as Solomon? When will people notice me? You see, what happens here sometimes, guys, is when we're praying and we're speaking to the Lord, sometimes we talk our way out of that reality that God has for us. And then we wonder why we don't get answered prayers because the reality is we put the seed in the soil and by the time the thing can begin to grow, we take the thing out. So this is what you're supposed to do. You ready? Don't say what you feel. Say what the word says. So it goes a bit like this. Lord, I haven't spent a long time with you and I know I, know I haven't been manifesting you, but your word says that you're still my father. Your word says that you still love me. Your word says that I'm still accepted by you. Your word says that I have the every right to come into your throne room of grace. Why? Because you've made me righteous. What does righteous mean? Righteous means right standing with God, the ability to do right because of the power of God that is working in my life. It may not be working now, but I'm coming to you because I'm believing. Hallelujah. I'm trusting in you. I'm trusting in your word. I'm not even worrying about the promises that you're saying I will have, but I'm enjoying the things that you said you've already given. You've already told me that I'm accepted. You already told me that I have the mind of Christ. And as a result, I'm going to rest in the reality that you've told me is mine. And if I stay in that moment, I start to live like this. Seated in heavenly places, walking like a king, knowing full well that Jesus, my Lord, is the king of kings. What I'm trying to say is this. As a believer, you have a perspective that is already inside you, which is in line with God's. And if you dig the word long enough, then you'll get that reality. You'll get that outlook. You'll get that perspective. It's already yours. You don't have to beg for it. You don't need to ask him to give it to you. It's already yours. And when you're walking like this, not only will testimonies flow in your life, not only will you receive more testimonies in your life, but your life in and of itself is a testimony. In Jesus' name.